As we open the door to mystery and suspense, we see a light at the end of the hallway. A steady thump is not an unseen entity in the walls. It is your own heart beating. Come further and be enveloped in the light of Schlock Shock Radio. Cold is the night that finds us alone in this forsaken, miserable land. The chill of the mountain air greets us with an unforgettable shiver over flesh and nerve as we look to the velvet black sky raining down its icy tendrils of snow upon the rocky remnants of that terrifying edifice. Alone it has stood, old and ancient, as if sprung from the depths of creation eternal, a fragment of an age long since dreamt through nightmares spoken time and again, this monolithic manor jutting from the rocks is now known by only one name from where it came, no man can say, the mansion on the mountain. The lonely dwelling where we have come to stay has opened its doors to us. Welcome to the end of the road, new one. Welcome to Moorwood. shelter is found, that night must bring with it weary travelers of our tale. In the year 1935, a lost group of souls found passage through the stormy mountains on a chartered busway, a typical journey toward freedom, away from the busy perils of city life and the frightful routines of odious boredom. Vacation was their sole mission, along with the promise of securing another financial breakthrough. However, for these eight men and women traveling together through the darkness, a breakthrough would indeed occur instantly on this lonely mountain road. A fierce one. Waits as the sun shines upon a new day, upon the grand portal of wood and iron set in ageless stone. On this day, Moorwood has at last opened its doors, and at last, the dormant shall awake. Chapter One, Through the Door. Oh, that's much better. My word, that was really awful. Bloody cold. I think we all agree on that front, Vera. My, what an insane place. William, everyone's accounted for, correct? Yes, sir. Already done with the head count. All here. Good. We've made it. I wouldn't say that precisely. Now really, Vera, can you contain your joy of finding shelter in at least an agreeable way? It wasn't my way to see fit to almost killing us. Now, Vera... Madam, I assure you that... 
ladies, gentlemen, we can all discuss this once I've tended to Edward. Now, here, help me. How bad is it? Why don't you ask him? Edward, how are you pulling through? <laughs> Fine. Can't... can't feel a thing. That's what I'm worried about. I have to look at that leg proper. Ethel, you have my bag? Right here, darling. Good. Philip, you know where there's anywhere I can lay him out, preferably nearby? The dining hall, just over there by the staircase. Lucille, would you be kind to assist Ethel and Roger, my dear? Yes, Mr. Morley. What should I... No worries, Lucy. See if you can find any blankets in the luggage. Aye, right, miss. I have what we could bring up the mountain right here. Thank you, Mr. Lander. Call me William, miss. Drivers rarely need titles. Mr. I mean, William. Here. Miss Taylor? Emily. I'm not too good with titles either, Philip. Hey, uh, uh, Emily, with the door unlocked to this place, I have no doubt Gordon was expecting us. Have you seen any sign of him? No. That's what was puzzling me. You said he was expecting us here. Quite right. Yet I have neither seen head nor hair of him since we arrived. More than likely, he's searching for the wreck and our supposed rotting corpses. Yes, Vera, I'm sure he is, in not-so-perfect detail. Well, along with Mr. Landor, I'm sure he'll be disappointed in our miraculous survival coming out to this most deplorable wasteland. I'm not too sure a death trap is what Gordon had in mind, darling. Huh! I was never one to fathom the inside of men's minds, Miss Taylor. Though I can't say the same for some, of course. Must you be so rude to her? Lucille? Never doubt the visionaries, my dear. Ugh, where must one find some respite in this filthy sty? <sighs> Lucille. I'm sorry, Mr. Morley. On no account do we behave rashly towards our constituents. Never! I'll talk to him, Lucille. It's no wonder he tolerates her more or less than he tolerates her money bags. I... I spoke out of turn. I just... Couldn't stand her saying that to you. Shh. No worries for me, love. This... This is a dreadful place. Come, let's find the others. William, you're welcome to join. Uh, no, miss. I'm still taking stock of everything. The wreck didn't leave much on account it was mounted to the roof of the bus. Oh, but here. I found some warm rugs for Mr. Cleese. He'll need them for that awful leg of his. Thank you, William. We'll see he gets them. Oh, William... I'll have you know none of this was your fault. Thank you kindly, miss. <sighs> Dreadful place for a holiday. Best to lay him on the table. We'll need the leg room. I'll clear the candles and dishes. Here's your bag, darling. Start with the antiseptic? No, best to cut away his pant leg first, that way we know what we're dealing with. I'll open the windows. Let in some light for us. Good. I'll need some clean water, towels, and... Oh, well, these, uh, these cloth napkins will do, I guess. Never say I didn't set a fancy table. Much obliged. Now, let's see the trouble Edward has found himself in. Trouble? More? No, Edward, just lie down and keep still. For goodness sake, I didn't need to see that. Then why were you looking, Vera? Obviously, I wasn't looking for that, but for some decent cognac in this place. Right over here, I believe the year will be to your liking. 
Oh, charmed and delighted. I think I'll join you on that one. And I trust the good doctor has sense to pass on this little piece of warmth in time of need? You would be right as ever, Philip. The sense of an actress marrying a doctor has no reason when one must socialize. That had nothing to do with it. When a girl has her life saved, she knows who to be social for. Right, dear? Right, dear. Now. Oh, boy. What's wrong? I'm sorry. We wanted to check in and see how he's doing. It's worse than I thought. It's broken in more than one place. No telling where the fractures begin and end without proper equipment. Let me see. Doc, let me see. Hush, Edward. Keep still. Your craft will benefit you if you pretend not to be afraid. <sighs> Philip, if I survive this, I will never work for you again. Yes, Philip, as I see it, a director such as you would have that effect. Please, Vera, enough. I'm feeling cold. Oh, goodness gracious. I forgot I was bringing you these. Here. Thank you. Hmm, might be a good sign you're starting to feel again. Here, let's elevate it as much as possible. Keep it from moving too much. Yeah, that, that feels good. I think everyone would do better if we all warmed up here a bit. Oh no, darling, we don't have enough for everyone. I mean a more practical approach to warmth, my dear. Ah, William, how are we looking on our itinerary? Inventory's finished, or what I could make of it. Most of the baggage was pretty banged up or destroyed when the bus tipped over out there on the road. No telling if anything fell out when we made our way up here. The supplies and rations we have will be enough to keep us for a few days, but we won't be able to use it freely. In other words, we'll have to search the house for additional stores. Must be well stocked anyway if poor Gordon was up here by himself before we arrived. Gordon. That's right. Where's our kindly benefactor, Mr. Richmond? He must have been sweating buckets last night when his priceless players didn't arrive. Emily and I were discussing that. It's quite possible he went out to search for us. He wouldn't have had to look long. We only crashed right near the base of the drive up here. Lucky Edward had been here with Gordon before. He knew where to find it. Once we cleared the wreck, it was hard to see anything. The snow was blinding every which way. No telling if anyone was out there to see it, or if they'd find the bus in this storm anyhow. I'll bet the damned thing's been covered up, swallowed whole in this mess. Which makes me thankful we were lucky enough to get out of there. Luck, Miss Taylor, would not be the fortune we found. I still believe if certain persons were lucky, they would know not to crash our only mode of transport right off the road and stuck between towering wood. Madam, I did no such thing. There was something in the road. What do you mean? The turns were treacherous, so I made our ascent slowly. But when that man came darting right out in front of me, I had to avoid him. A man? What did he look like? I couldn't tell. He ran by so fast in the dark. I could only see his hands reaching out toward the window. I didn't give myself time to reason it out. I reacted how I always would. But the ice in the roads made it worse. If the trees weren't strong on the side of the road, we surely would have plunged right off the mountain. Thank heaven for nature's grasp on us. William, did you see this man again? No, sir. I hit no one. And no one was lying out there on the road when I came to. Whatever tracks he made were covered up by the storm. Just as we would have been if I hadn't Jimmy rigged the door open on the bus. No one is blaming you, William. We are all grateful for you getting us out of there. Now, back to the more important matter. We have a grand fireplace here, as well as others, no doubt, all through the house. I think our best laid plan would be to find the stockpile of wood around here and begin warming this place up. Aye, I'd agree with that. Edward's not going to be moving from this spot for a while. It would be nice to have this place hospitable for him and for all of us. William, would you be kind enough to seek out the kindling? I would, sir. 
But in a place as large as this. Don't worry, William. I'm sure the rarest place it would keep it would be down the cellar. It's accessed by a utility room at the bottom of the stairs in the hall. I'll fetch him at once. Thank you, William. Philip, I just thought of something. Walking up the drive, I noticed mounted wire poles coming from the house. Cables. Telegraph cables, I believe. Yes, I remember seeing them too. Not too far from where we crashed. That must mean there's a telegraph somewhere up here. Undoubtedly in case anything such as this were to happen. Really would be the only way to call for help out here. That does it then. I'm going to go and look for it. I can go help you look for it, miss. No, Lucille, I have a better idea. Why don't you help William down in the cellar with the wood pile? As you're down there, no doubt the cellar has more provisions. We'll need to see what we have here and for how long. Me? Down in the... cellar? Now, Lucille, what would you have to worry about down there? Sir, I... I would imagine it would be very dark down there. Nonsense, my dear. The dark will not harm you. William will be down there to look out for you. There really is nothing to fear. I... I have a terrible feeling still. Why don't I go down with you, my dear? That is, if I can be spared, love. Yes, yes, I'll be fine here. There's little more we can do now anyhow. Come, my dear. I'll be by your side. If anything in the dark comes to get you, I'll come running. Thank you, Emily. Well, Philip, if there are any more bright ideas you have, you will let me know. Emily, wait. Ever the one to give emotional cues, dear Philip. Not now, Vera. We have to work this out before it gets too dark out there. Well, this is lovely, isn't it? I'm, I'm not looking. Oh, come now, my dear. Open your eyes before you fall over something. It's so dark down here. Ah! What was that? My hand, darling. It's so cold, it must have given you a shiver. I didn't mean to startle you. It's all right, but... Mrs. Brady? What is it? Do you see that? Over there? I can't see. That light down there. It's so faint. It's moving! I see it! It's moving! Now, calm down, dear. I see it! It's... it's... Hello there! It's William, Lucille. Only William. My, you two made it far. All I found to light the way down here was this meager candle. I'm sure this will be useful if you're heading down. But if I may ask, what are you coming down here for? Mr. Morley thought it best to help take inventory. Oh, bless me. You've come to a well-stocked store. Wine bottles from foot to ceiling. Barrels packed on the walls and crates you'd never believe. You'll have your work cut out for you, that's for sure. Well, we just need essentials for now, so we shouldn't be long. Plus, I'm afraid poor Lucille wouldn't abide being down here for long anyhow. I'm sorry, Mrs. Brady. Don't be, my dear. It's perfectly natural to find this place scary in the largest sense. It's even got me once or twice. I'll bring this pile of my hands up for the other folk, and I'll be right down to assist you. You're too kind, William. We'll see you down in a bit. He's really a good man. More than he's given credit for. No doubt he's aware of that. Well, onward with the search. 
I suppose bringing up one of those wine bottles for Mr. Cleese would put him in better spirits. I think Edward's condition makes him gracious to any spirits coming his way, but I'm sure he'll appreciate it all the same. It's so dark in here. The candle keeps flickering. The walls seem to be cracked. The draft hasn't been lost down here. That noise, almost like an echo. You could hear every move made down here, I expect. Look how high the ceiling is. I wouldn't be surprised if we were in a cave by the looks of it. Solid rock. It's like the mountain. No wonder it's been here for this long. I heard terrible stories about this place. I expect that's what brought Gordon and Philip here in the first place. Never one to disregard a storied treasure trove, no matter how ghastly. Look! The ceiling! Those markings! They look like... scratches! You're right. I thought they were natural grooves in the rock, but they're slashed clean through here and there. What could have made those? <gasps> Mrs. Brady? Where are you? Mrs. Brady? Oh no. Mrs. Brady, where did you go? Oh my god. Oh no. Oh no. What's this? It's... It's metal? Thin metal? These are... Bars. It's... It's a cage. It's empty. Why? Why is the door locked? There's nothing in... Ah! What just... Something moved in there. In the corner. Something. It's a... It's turned away? What is it? Oh no! 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 <gasps> oh my god! You startled me! My dear, for one who is in desperate need of the laboratory, being frightened is most undesirable. I was looking for the telegraph. Then I found the kitchen like this. The window's broken. Yes, I found these shards below it. On the inside. It was broken from the outside. It appears as if someone was dining in a hurry. And indiscriminately, too. There's food everywhere on this table. That was like that, too. I swore I heard something as I came in. The wind, most likely, dear. The wind. And something else. Look, there's a trail here at the foot of the table. Scraps, darling. Hardly worth much. Huh. That's funny. Some odd, strange soot. Red soot. Hmm. But it all leads away from the table, across the way, right- <gasps> Good heavens! <coughs> it's- it's a man! Hardly! You! You're the man William told us got in front of the bus! I remember you now! You were wearing that same green jacket! <coughs> what are you doing here? Why were you hiding? Answer me! Stop. Stop. Get out. Get out before... What are you saying? He's mad! Look at him! He's coming. He's coming. What? Who are you talking about? He's coming. He's coming! Get out! What's he pointing at? Oh my god. In the closet. It's moving toward us. 
Oh, good God! What's happened to his skin? It's rotting, decayed! He's through the door. He's moving toward us. Don't come any closer! Oh, my God! Next time, when we visit this macabre tale amidst the shadowy halls of Moorwood, again in the second thrilling chapter, Chaos by Candlelight. <laughs> Schlock Shock Radio, in association with Midnight Prestige. Tonight's presentation, The Dormant, was written and created by Nathan Pinsonalt, starring Stephen Snowden as Larry Seaton, Stacey Pinsonalt as Emily Taylor, Scott Gliney as Philip Morley, Genesis Rodriguez as Lucille Combs, Chris Jarowski as William Landor, Owen Pano as Roger Brady, Dore C. as Ethel Brady, Alex Jules James as Vera Hamilton, Nathan Pinsonalt as Edward Cleese, and I, Anthony Gavtakis, your humble narrator. Until next time, stay out of the dark. <laughs> Ha 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 